Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Tuesday, November 7th, TH, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. Turning to today's forecast, Riverside can expect mild weather with a high of 71.9 degrees and a low settling in at 59.5 degrees. Here's a glimpse at the top stories we're following. The On Point podcast recently took a deep dive into the Supreme Court's latest ruling, which has broad implications on gun bans for domestic abusers. We'll explore the details and the potential impact on both public safety and individual rights. In other legal news, the captain of a California dive boat has been convicted of Siemens manslaughter. This judgment follows the tragic event that became known as the deadliest maritime disaster in recent years. We'll break down the case and what it might mean for the future of maritime law. On the tech front, Chinese tech giant Baidu is set to make a significant move by placing an order for Huawei AI chips, signaling a strategic pivot away from NVIDIA. This comes amid tightening U.S. restrictions, and we'll discuss what this could mean for the global tech industry and U.S.-China relations. Lastly, a historic election is unfolding in Rhode Island, where the state could elect its first black representative to Congress. We'll be covering the election, the candidates, and the importance of this moment in Rhode Island's and the nation's political landscape. Stay with us for all that and more on today's edition of Alex's News. In today's top story, the Supreme Court has made a decisive move regarding gun bans for domestic abusers, a subject of much debate and significance in our ongoing conversation about gun control. Joining us to discuss this development is our news reporter, Ethan. Ethan, could you start us off by explaining what this decision entails? Absolutely, Grace. The Supreme Court's decision addresses a crucial link between domestic violence and gun ownership. Essentially, the court is determining whether individuals convicted of domestic abuse should be barred from possessing firearms, which has the potential to prevent further violence and protect victims. That sounds like a significant ruling. How has the issue been framed during the discussions on NPR's On Point podcast, where this was recently featured? On Point has been delving into the topic with real conversations featuring newsmakers and individuals directly affected by this issue. They've explored the broader implications of domestic violence intersecting with gun rights, which, given the context of our current social debates, is highly pertinent. With the podcast touching upon such a sensitive subject, could you talk about any key incidents or elements mentioned that have helped shape the public's understanding of this issue? Yes, the podcast often looks into personal stories to highlight the human element behind the legal jargon. It's about bringing awareness to how these decisions impact real lives. One key element is how access to guns can escalate situations of domestic violence, potentially leading to fatal outcomes. This decision could certainly have far-reaching impacts. Is there any speculation about the potential consequences of implementing such a gun ban for domestic abusers? Analysts are suggesting it could lead to a reduction in domestic violence-related homicides. However, opponents of the ban raise concerns about Second Amendment rights. It's a balancing act between personal liberties and public safety, 
and this decision could set precedence for future gun control legislation. Certainly. Related factors like mental health and legal enforcement play a role. Did the podcast touch on any peculiarities surrounding these issues that we should consider? Indeed, Grace. The discussion highlighted that while the law is one thing, enforcement is another. Effective implementation requires coordination across law enforcement agencies and the justice system. Mental health, as you mentioned, is another critical angle. Understanding the psyche behind domestic abusers and how to intervene before violence occurs is essential to the conversation. And with the wide array of topics the On Point podcast covers, from Christian nationalism to the future of college sports, it seems they're dedicated to bringing such critical conversations to the forefront. Can you share more about their approach? Their approach is all about diversity in discussion topics, promoting a multifaceted understanding of what shapes our society. Whether it's addressing topics like political legacies or environmental issues, the podcast provides an insightful, comprehensive analysis of each issue's context in our ever-evolving societal landscape. Podcasts like On Point serve as an essential platform for dialogue, especially with challenging issues like this. Ethan, thank you very much for bringing us this analysis. My pleasure, Grace. Thank you. And that was just story one of four for today. Stay with us for more in-depth coverage and conversation on today's most pressing topics. We have an important update regarding a maritime tragedy that shook many to the core back in 2019. Joining me now is Chloe, who has been following this story closely. Chloe, can you bring us up to speed on the latest developments? Absolutely, Grace. It's been more than four years since the tragic fire aboard the dive boat Conception which sadly resulted in the deaths of 34 people off the California coast. The captain of that boat, Jerry Boylan, has now been found guilty of Siemens manslaughter for his role in the disaster. Siemens manslaughter, that's quite a serious charge. What does it entail exactly? It is indeed, Grace. It's a charge that falls under maritime law, and it essentially means that a captain or crew member is held accountable for negligence that leads to the death of others. In this case, the prosecution argued that Boylan neglected his duty to ensure safety by not posting a roving night watch, and for inadequately training the crew in firefighting and emergency procedures. And in Jerry Boylan's case, what are the potential consequences he's facing? Well, Grace, he's looking at up to 10 years in prison, which is the maximum sentence for this crime. It's a reflection of how serious his negligence was perceived in this maritime disaster, considered the deadliest in recent U.S. history. The exact cause of the fire remains undetermined, right? So, how did that factor into the trial? That's correct. While NPR reported that the exact cause of the fire on the conception is still unknown, the lack of a definitive cause hasn't absolved Boylan of responsibility. The prosecution was able to build a strong case based on the safety measures that Boylan failed to implement, which they argue could have prevented the loss of life. What about the defense's side? I heard there was an attempt to shift blame. Yes, the defense tried to pin the responsibility on the boat's owner, Glenn Fritzler, for not properly training the crew and allowing a lax safety culture. However, that defense didn't seem to sway the jury, which ultimately held Boylan accountable as the captain who was in charge of the vessel's operation and safety. The families of the victims. How have they reacted to this verdict? They have welcomed the verdict, Grace. Many attended the trial seeking justice, which has been a long time coming. 
This guilty verdict is a significant step for them, even as they continue with ongoing civil lawsuits against the boat's owner and the company, Truth Aquatics Inc. This case has had broader implications too, hasn't it, leading to changes in maritime safety? That's correct. In the wake of the Conception Fire, there have been major reforms to enhance safety measures in the maritime industry, including changes in regulations and even congressional efforts aimed at preventing similar disasters from happening in the future. Before we wrap up, any word on how the community has been coping since the incident? Well, local news outlets like KCRA Channel 3 Sacramento and ABC 7 San Francisco have highlighted the profound impact this event had on the community. This was a devastating loss, not just for the families of the victims but also for the wider maritime community. It's a heartbreaking reminder of the paramount importance of adhering to safety regulations on the sea. Chloe, thank you for that comprehensive update. We'll certainly keep an eye on the sentencing phase for Jerry Boylan and any further developments in this story. My pleasure, Grace. It's important that we continue to follow and learn from such tragedies, ensuring accountability and improved safety are always at the forefront of maritime operations. Here are some other headlines. Today's most crucial headlines reflect a blend of geopolitical tensions, electoral politics, and economic developments that are shaping the world's current affairs. In Middle Eastern news, asterisk asterisk Israel-Gaza conflict asterisk. As the situation continues to escalate, Israel is carrying on with its military operations in the Gaza Strip. Despite the increasing toll, authorities suggest a willingness for little pauses amidst the heavy bombardment, with photos emerging that display the harsh consequences of the conflict, now a month in. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu holds firm, announcing that Israel will indefinitely uphold a security presence in Gaza. As the battle endures, countless civilians are fleeing, risking everything to leave the areas of heavy conflict. With global powers, including the U.S. led by Secretary of State Antony Blinken at the G7 summit, seeking to foster a united front to the Israel-Hamas conflict. In electoral developments, asterisk asterisk election 2023 abortion politics in focus asterisk. Abortion rights are in the limelight in today's crucial elections, with significant influence on several key races. In states like Ohio and Virginia, the issue takes center stage, amidst the turbulence of a sexual misconduct scandal involving a candidate in a pivotal Virginia district. Turning to the global financial scene, asterisk asterisk global economies and markets asterisk. Italy's economy is under scrutiny as market analysts note the most notable equities discount in over 35 years, potentially hinting at buying opportunities or deeper, more systemic economic challenges. Investor sentiment wanes as optimism about interest rate trends fades, causing a decrease in stock market stamina and underlining the tenuous nature of the recent investment confidence. The UK's real estate sector hints at a comeback, with Halifax reporting the halting of a half-year decline in house prices. China receives an IMF vote of confidence. The fund's updated projections indicate a brighter GDP growth outlook for 2023 and 2024 for the Asian economic giant. UK shoppers finally feel some respite as grocery inflation slows to a single-digit increase for the first time in the current year, thanks to data from Kantar. In corporate developments, 
asterisk asterisk corporate legal actions and bankruptcies asterisk from the business desk nike steps onto the legal battlefield initiating lawsuits against competitors new balance and sketchers over alleged patent violations an action that could send ripples through the sports apparel market in a notable twist we work heralded once as the usa's highest valued startup and a beneficiary of substantial investment from softbank has succumbed to bankruptcy which might forecast changes in the co-working space sector lastly an update on the developing tensions in the middle east asterisk asterisk israel readies for gaza city push un response asterisk israel sets the stage for an advance into gaza city prompting a pointed response from the united nations the un denounces the continued carnage and emphasizes the desperate state of affairs calling for immediate diplomatic efforts to halt the progression of violence and prevent further casualties These headlines give us a glance into the intricacies of the events that currently navigate international relations, domestic political landscapes, fluctuating markets, and shifts in corporate structures across the globe. We're delving into a story of major implications for the global tech landscape. Baidu, a tech titan in China's AI sector, is making a bold pivot away from Nvidia, its longtime supplier. to embrace a domestic alternative for its AI chip needs. To give us a deep dive into this significant shift, we have our specialist correspondent Ethan with us. Ethan, can you tell us what's happening? Sure. Grace, Baidu has placed a substantial order for Huawei's Ascend 910B AI chips, earmarking these for 200 servers. This is not just a routine procurement, it's a clear response to the tightening US export restrictions on chip technology to China. Baidu is moving towards Chinese-made chips, highlighting a strategic adaptation amid geopolitical pressures. Quite an assertive move by Baidu. Could you elaborate on the scale of this order and what it signifies for Nvidia? Absolutely, Grace. The numbers are telling. Baidu's order is for 1600 of Huawei's chips, with over 60% already delivered as of last October. The deal is worth around 450 million yuan. are just under 62 million US dollars. It's a significant dent to Nvidia because Baidu, along with Tencent and Alibaba, has been a key client for them. Transitioning to Huawei is a heavy signal that Chinese companies are seriously investing in domestic capabilities. And regarding these chips, how do they stack up to Nvidia's offerings? Grace, while Huawei's Ascend 910B chips are not seen as on par with Nvidia's high-performing A100 chip in performance metrics, they represent the pinnacle of china's current ai chip technology what baidu is betting on here is not just immediate tech needs but a broader strategic alignment with chinese industry and a hedge against international uncertainties that's intriguing so this collaboration between baidu and huawei is there more to it beyond just hardware procurement there certainly is both companies are working to align their ai platforms while specifics of the deal are confidential This move is an indicator of Huawei's technological strides despite facing US sanctions. They've been showcasing their progress, like with their recent smartphone launch powered by internally developed chips. This ties into a bigger picture where the Chinese government is pouring resources into the domestic semiconductor industry, aiming for tech independence. Do these advancements portend any broader consequences on the geopolitical or economic stage? They could, Grace. For one, 
If China's homegrown semiconductor industry catches up or even surpasses international competitors, it can shift the balance of tech power. This could lead to more market self-sufficiency and potentially reduced influence for American chipmakers like NVIDIA in a huge market like China. And, as we're seeing, this could also spur innovation as necessity as the mother of invention. Quite the complex web of tech and politics. Lastly, where is this news coming from, Ethan? The story has been reported by various outlets, including the South China Morning Post, with additional details from two anonymous sources corroborating the facts. It's a strongly covered development, pointing to the weight it holds in the current and future tech narrative. Ethan, thank you for breaking this all down for us. It's a story with far-reaching implications, and we'll certainly keep our eyes on how it unfolds. That was Ethan, our specialist correspondent on the shifting sands in the tech world, with the inside scoop on Baidu's big chip switch. In Rhode Island, a significant election is underway that could turn the page in the state's political history books. Our very own Chloe is here to fill us in on the details. Chloe, can you tell us about this potentially groundbreaking moment? Absolutely, Grace. Rhode Islanders are heading to the polls with a chance to elect the state's very first black representative to Congress. This follows the departure of former Democratic Representative David Cicilline, as reported by ABC News, who moved on to lead the Rhode Island Foundation. So who's stepping up to the plate for the Democrats? That would be Gabe Amo, Grace. He's 35 years old, with roots in Pawtucket. As the son of Ghanaian and Liberian immigrants, Amo reflects the diverse tapestry of America. His history of public service, featuring roles in the Obama and Biden administrations, has given him a rich background in the political field. And what are some of the key points of Amo's platform? He's taken a strong stance on several key issues, Grace. From pushing back against GOP-led efforts to reduce Social Security and Medicare funds to championing abortion rights and tackling climate change. He's also advocating for universal background checks for firearms and wants to prohibit assault-style firearms. His election would not only be historic but could also pivot Rhode Island away from the Italian-American political dominance that has characterized its past. Now, there's another side to this race. What can you tell us about the Republican candidate? The GOP's bet is Jerry Leonard, a Marine veteran and newcomer to the political arena. Leonard is an advocate for limited government and feels decisions about abortion should be left to individual states. ABC News mentioned that it's been decades since a Republican, Ron Makeley, held this seat, so Leonard is looking to make a significant impact for his party. With the current political climate, what could this election mean for Rhode Island and possibly the broader national scene? If AMA wins, it would break new ground in representation for Rhode Island, bringing more diverse perspectives to the forefront. However, a win for Leonard could signal a renewed interest in GOP policies within the district, which has been democratically held since 1995. Regardless of the outcome, this election is a chance for the voters in Rhode Island to really shape their future Congress representation. Certainly sounds like the stakes are high and the implications far-reaching. Are there any other nuances that our listeners should be aware of? One particular point of interest is the reflection of a broader national dialogue in local elections, encompassing social security, gun control, and reproductive rights. This Rhode Island race could serve as a microcosm of that larger conversation and the shifting demographics and political alignments in the United States. Chloe, 
Thank you so much for that comprehensive update on what's happening in Rhode Island's congressional race. My pleasure, Grace. It's always exciting to cover the progress of democracy in action. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, the 11 Labs Text-to-Speech API, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.